You're listening to The Long Game Podcast. I'm your host, Sandra Scaiano. There has been so much talk about ADHD in entrepreneurial circles the last few years. People are getting diagnosed late in life. There are now coaches who specialize in working with ADHD clients. But best of all, people are dropping the shame around the topic of ADHD and talking freely about their diagnosis in general and their experiences. You know, the more I learn about ADHD over the years, I've wondered if I myself have it. And what I love about today's conversation is, depending on how you personally feel, you can be aware of ADHD in your life with or without an official diagnosis. My guest today is Tracy Atsuka, a certified ADHD coach and the host of the ADHD for Smartass Women podcast, which ranks number one in its category and has over 5 million downloads in 160 countries. She is really making an impact with that podcast. She also moderates a Facebook group with nearly 100,000 members on the topic of ADHD. And Tracy's expertise as an adult living with ADHD are regularly sought after by top-tier media, including Inc. Magazine, Forbes, Attitude Magazine. She's been on the Gold Digger podcast. And now Tracy is releasing her book, ADHD for Smartass Women, on December 26th. So Tracy is a wealth of knowledge and information. You know, over the years since she has been diagnosed with ADHD, she has interviewed doctors, therapists, and academics on the subject, all with her unique wit and viewpoint to bring the topic of ADHD further into the mainstream. Tracy shares that the common thread for ADHD is interest. We have brains of interest, not brains of importance. And this concept like, really resonates with me. And I think it may for many of you listening as well. So we talk about what ADHD really is and how it shows up differently in women and girls and differently for peri and menopausal women and how there are levels to the severity, so to speak, of ADHD and what that can look like. Tracy is just really insightful and engaging that for me, I can just listen to, to her talk for hours. And you just got to love someone who leads with humor. Oh, and I asked her about naming her brand, ADHD for Smartass Women. You know, we all know that names are the most important thing. So how has a snarky curse word infused name affected her as her brand has grown? And you just have to hear what she has to say. I loved every minute of this interview and hearing Tracy literally flow with ideas and information. And she is going to inspire you in so many ways as we talk about ADHD and entrepreneurs. The long game is ADHD for Smartass Women with Tracy Atsuka. In a world where everyone is doing, it's easy to get lost in a sea of comparison, secret tricks, and promises of overnight success. The long game? That's my approach to business. You gotta show up, you gotta do the work, and there are no quick fixes for long-term success. It takes creativity, it takes strategy, and it takes listening to the voice inside you. I'm a web designer, digital strategist, and energetic thinker, bringing you real-world business-building experiences, conversations with creators who are out there doing it now, and ideas to spark the energy in your own business. And along the way, we're gonna have a little bit of fun as well. 
So thanks for being here and let's get to today's episode. Welcome to another episode of the Long Game Podcast. I am so excited for today because we have a return guest. And that's always really interesting to see the transformation, the growth, all of that in someone's business. So today we have Tracy Atsuka, who is a certified ADHD coach and the host of ADHD for Smart Ass Women, the podcast, which ranks number one in its category and has over 5 million downloads. And she also moderates a Facebook group with nearly 100,000 members. And last time she was here on the podcast, her Facebook group had only 17,000 members. So in a mere couple of years, she has exponential growth. And, you know, Tracy's expertise is really sharing her experience about being an adult living with ADHD. And she's regularly sought after for uh, different media spots on Inc., Forbes, Attitude, ADD, Etude Magazine, The Gold Digger Podcast, places like that. And now Tracy is releasing her book, ADHD for Smartass Women, on December 26th. So Tracy, welcome. Uh, yes, put it up there. I am beyond <laughs> thrilled to have you back and to catch up and talk to you about everything. Yeah, well, whenever we talk about ADHD, we change lives. And I'm sure there is a brilliant ADHD woman out there in podcast land listening right now thinking this isn't me. And by the end, she's going to be, oh my gosh, I need more information. Yeah. I I, I keep being like, that's me. So um. <laughs> yeah, I, I keep like, that's you too. You know, the <laughs> craziest thing, Sandra, is I was going to correct you at the beginning and say, I've never been on your podcast, but you knew the numbers at the time that I was there. And so now you know my biggest problem with ADHD is my working memory. I was on your podcast. Yeah, back in the beginning. And it was funny, you were on episode 20 and we talked about niching down because you had just changed over into, this is a couple of years yeah. ago, really creating the ADHD niche for, niche for yourself. And so we really talked about how you can be successful in niching down. You know, you were more general with mm -hmm. photography and the ideas that you're yeah. talking about. And look at all the success, how it comes when you really go down that lane and follow that path. So everyone go back and check episode 20 because there's a lot of gems in there. Including and me. now, almost three years later, approximately three years later, look at this growth. So before we hop into talking about ADHD though, I want to ask you about your brand because, you know, ADHD for smartest women, it's snarky, it's rebellious, right? And I love your brand name. But I want to hear a little bit about like, how has it been for you crossing over into mainstream culture now? Like you're shopping for a publisher with that name. Like how is it pitching press with the name that has smart ass in it? Even though it's just sassy in those terms, it's not derogative, but like, I'm just curious about that because we're always naming products and programs and things like that. And even our businesses. So can you talk a little bit about how that's been for you? Well, first of all, I think the name is probably the most important decision you will make. And I have always been an outsider. It doesn't matter what industry I've been in from, I had a high-end women's wear company. 60% of our business was Saks, Nevens, and Nordstrom. I jumped into that as a lawyer, did not know anything about fashion, about how that whole area worked. And I was pretty successful at it 
pretty quickly. And I think it was because of the fact that I was an outsider. And so again, here with ADHD for smart ass women, this is not the normal health and wellness kind of <laughs> brand, right? right? It really stood out there. But I do believe that the success of my podcast, which is really what drove everything, that started it, the name, because it was something different. And it was a play on ADHD for, because I believe ADHD women are brilliant. So ADHD for smart but then also smart ass, right? We mm -hmm. also tend to be very irreverent, wanting to challenge the status quo, liking change, liking things that are different. So that name worked really well in that regard. However, when I was pitching publishers, the Mayo Clinic was very interested. And of course, I was so flattered. <laughs> they ultimately ended up writing an offer. And you know, I thought, oh, instant credibility, the Mayo Clinic. But they're a very conservative Midwest publisher, and they had to go, I think, to the board to get permission to be able to use that name because it was so different than what they... I, I mean, what I was doing was already so different. I wasn't a doctor. I wasn't a clinician, therapist, any of that. And so that was already different. And then I had that snarky name. Now, the only time that it has been a problem is SEO. Yeah. For example, when we were talking about running Amazon ads and I was told we can't use that, that the smart ass and for LinkedIn, which we're going to be running them starting, I think today, we had to take out the SS and we had to put asterisks. So we literally had to take the book, the image of the book and get rid of ass, which is just so ridiculous. I mean, it's how people speak everywhere now, right? Definitely. And it's not derogatory. It's uplifting. No. Like, you know, yes. who doesn't identify as a smart ass and like a little bit of a counterculture to things. So especially ADHD women, right? Hello. <laughs> right. Yeah, you know, your market. So that's really interesting to me just to really touch on that branding piece. And I get it from an SEO perspective as well. Like, but you know, you're out there in search with your podcast so much. And, you know, the important thing there is linking everything. Yes. So uh, people can find you. So, yeah, I'm just wondering, like, you know, these books that are New York Times, Wall Street Journal, you know, bestseller, bestseller, and they have the frick in the. <laughs> Frick in the title, like, how do they even do it? Yeah. I don't know how they get anybody to look at them, write about them, all of that. Well, there's they a do that author of The Middle Finger Project. And uh -huh. that's, you know, that uh -huh. was a great book. Love it. And she writes about, uh, uh, you know, some of her experience of like being taken seriously. Yeah. Oh, she's that an amazing brand as well, like, because it's a little yeah. bit of an FU to everybody yeah, out there. Everything. <laughs> and in truth, that, I can't remember her name right now, but I love her writing more than anybody's writing. And so I always, you know, if I'm working with anybody that's going to do any writing for me, it's always like, that's the voice that I just yes, love. Yes, exactly. Just I love her voice. And just because true. it is so. And conversational, how we actually talk and speak rather than uber polished and grammatical. And it's funny. Yeah. Like everybody is attracted to funny. And if you're not, don't look at my stuff. Cause yeah, I don't you're not my people. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. All right. Well, let's hop into this because I know that you were diagnosed with ADHD later in life. And I feel like 
in the past few years, when you even had your diagnosis, you, you know, we're friends. We knew each other back then. And mm-hmm. I felt like that has been on the rise, you know, like the diagnosis of women in their 40s and 50s and 60s, even the later, the 50s and 60s more, yes. has really been on the rise. So like, can we talk a little bit about, like, it's made me wonder too. Sometimes I'm like, oh, is that just me being like, but I'm learning so much more about it, right? But why are so many women discovering ADHD later in life now? And let's talk a little bit about that culture that's been created. Well, I think that where it really blew up was COVID. So you had all of these women who were at home. Not only did they have to manage their own careers, their own life, but suddenly they also had to be teachers to their kids and had to get them on Zoom. I, like, I don't even know how they did it. I, that would have been the death of me. Yeah, I think Zoom tough. for myself. Yeah. I cannot even imagine that. And so the medical professionals, they make fun of the fact that, oh, well, women went and got themselves diagnosed on TikTok. Well, they got them, not really, but you know, that's yeah. how they learned about it. Well, the, the reason that worked for them was because you weren't listening to them. And all along we were going to you and we were saying, you know, we don't feel good. We feel like we're all over the place. We feel like we can't remember, you know, the last thing we were supposed to do. And you keep telling us it's anxiety or it's depression or it's all in your head. Or menopause. <laughs> well, okay, but that's a big one though. Yeah. Because yeah. estrogen modulates dopamine. So that was, I'll raise my hand, perimenopause. Yep. That totally. was when, because, okay, so let's back up a second. The two things that really made a difference for me, because a lot of people think, well, if you have ADHD, it means you're not very smart, you're all over the place, you're unreliable, and that was so not me. What really cinched the deal for me was when I realized that ADHD, excuse me, hyperactivity, drivenness is a form of hyperactivity. Mm -hmm. So if you are the kind of woman, entrepreneur, right? Who is just always on the go, always coming up with new ideas, seems so classically successful from the outside because you're just going, going, going. There's never a minute that's down. You might want to look at ADHD, especially if you compare yourself to your friends and they're not at all like that. The other thing for me was (laughs) interpersonal intuition. So if you are the kind of person who can walk into a room, nobody needs to tell you anything, but you know exactly what's going on. And you can imagine if, so people need to know you can do really, really well in school because the common thread for ADHD, it looks different in everybody, but the common thread is interest. We have brains of interest, not brains of importance. And that means that if we're really interested, we're all in versus a neurotypical, they have brains of importance. If their teacher, if their parents, if their partner, if their boss thinks something is important for them to do, they can do it. We can't. It's not a character flaw. It's not a moral failing. We will try, but it's really, really hard for us if we can actually do it. A lot of us can't do it at all. So wait, I was linking that to, you had asked me about... Well, people finding out and realizing their diagnosis later in life was the topic. So I think what we should back up and talk about then is women and why why they're now discovering that, oh, well, first of all, women can have ADHD. 
for the longest time, there was this thought that women can't have ADHD. And if you're successful, if you're smart, if you've graduated from college, you know, if you've not gotten yourself into trouble, if you're not a problem, if you're not annoying, you can actually still have ADHD because again, that driver is interest. That is what we all have the same. All the other symptoms look a little different for everybody. So for women, there is two times the amount of inattention in women. So the three things that you look for in ADHD are, number one, you're hyperactive, either with your brain or physically. You can't sit still. Number two, you are impulsive. So you tend to think before acting. Number three, you're distractible and distracted, right? You can't focus. But for women and for girls, it looks a little different. So we don't look like those annoying boys who are constantly getting into trouble or climbing up the walls, who are mouthing off. Sometimes we do. That's so obvious. That's so obvious. Yes. Yes. What we tend to look like because we have twice the amount of inattention is we can often look like that girl that's sitting in the back of the classroom who's kind of daydreamy and spacey and doesn't really know what's going on because she's in her own fantasy world. She's in her head. She's thinking, 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 right? And that's where the hyperactivity is. And she doesn't even know what's going on until the teacher calls on her. She's like, oh, oh, yeah, like she doesn't even remember what we're studying. Yeah. So we also, as I mentioned, we internalize our symptoms rather than externalize them. So it's inside and we beat up ourselves inside in our head because that's where all the hyperactivity is versus boys tend to externalize their symptoms. They get into trouble. They get into fights. They're annoying. Girls are typically not annoying. We can be hyperactive. I wasn't inattentive and I'm not inattentive. I'm combined type. But my type looked more like I was really good in school, but I worked so much harder than everybody else to be good in school. I was chatty. I was talking all the time. And so I would get into trouble for talking to friends and I'd be moved all over the place. My desk was a disaster. But if you look at my house today, I feel like I call it visual pollution. I can't have any clutter anywhere. Yes. I don't have mess in my car. But people think, oh, you're a disaster if you have ADHD, right? Not true, because those are compensatory things that we do, right? If there's mess all around, in fact, I call it procrastinating. That's how I ramp up my dopamine. I have to clean up everything around me because then I'm not distracted by all this mess. Oh, 100%. And it's something you have to deal with when you work at home. My friends are always like, how come your house is so clean? I'm like, because... Everything needs to be in its place type of thing. Absolutely. So what happens to girls and women is they develop anxiety and depression because they're trying to keep everything together. And it's like this proverbial swan, right? He's She's gliding along the uh, pond and she looks all peaceful and she looks so put together and so like on top of her game and Underneath the water, she's feverishly just kind of trying to stay abreast. Part of it is we tend to take on a lot, right? But the other part of it is it's just this brain that's continuously thinking, continuously going. And frankly, that is why 40 to 60% of those with those that are entrepreneurs often have ADHD. So those are the statistics, those are the numbers. But I, you know, as far as studies, but in that's my be experience, <laughs> every single person that I have met that's an entrepreneur is somewhere on the spectrum. Because the thing about ADHD is you can have a few symptoms that really just serve you well. 
like the, the hyperactivity and the drivenness, like we're fearless, right? We just jump and go and we have high energy. So we tend to get a lot done or you can have so many symptoms that are really debilitating. If you're in your head mm-hmm. all the time, you can't get out there and do the stuff that you need to do, frankly, to make yourself visible because that's always the problem with entrepreneurs, right? Right, right. And if you're not doing that, you're not going to be successful. And then guess what? You're going to be, be beating yourself up in your head even more. Girls are also diagnosed later. So the typical boy, it's about seven years old. Girls, it's puberty. Estrogen modulates dopamine. And so when our estrogen is all over the place, then we struggle with getting enough dopamine. And dopamine is kind of the, it's the motivation neurotransmitter. It's the thing that allows you to keep going and to do those things that you need to do. And if you don't have enough dopamine, you're just sitting around thinking about the stuff you want to do, but you can't get out of your way to actually do it. And they don't know, is it that we don't make enough dopamine? Is it that we process dopamine differently? We don't know. 100%. But what we do know is that dopamine is what is responsible for motivation. And so that's why you can end up with a lot of um, people with ADHD. Okay. So let me, let me back up for one second and talk about. So there's, we talked about, you know, you can't sit still. You don't think before you act. uh, You struggle with focus. But what does ADHD really look like? So it's an executive functioning problem. And our executive functions are responsible for planning, scheduling, the one that I struggle with all the time, working memory, huh? Working memory. Which one is it? Which one does (laughs) Being on time, all of those kinds of things is what we really struggle with. But none of this is in the DSM-5, which is what practitioners use to diagnose ADHD. We struggle with emotion at times, you know, we can get really excitable really quickly, which is great when you're talking about running a business, but when you're emotionally dysregulated and you get really upset about things that, you know, again, you're thinking, thinking, thinking that can be a problem. And so everybody struggles with some of these, sometimes none of these, right? What I'm trying to say is every single person that has ADHD, it looks different. However, there are three telltale signs that people don't normally talk about. And the first one is unexplained underachievement. So if you feel like, let's say you're an entrepreneur and you are trying so hard, you are working so hard, but you cannot do those things that give you the visibility, you're not going to be able to build the business that you envision that you want to build. And so you have to look at, okay, in my life, do I feel like I'm capable of so much more? And it can even be that everybody else from the outside looks at you and says, oh, she's a total success. She's a powerhouse. But inside you're thinking, I could do so much more. I know I could do so much more. Um, the second thing is, are you consistently inconsistent? So you can do those big, hard things magnificently. But the basic everyday stuff, the administrative work, maybe the stuff related to how keeping your house, invoicing. Yes. But the reason is because there's no dopamine there. It is boring. And it's like Groundhog Day. It never 
ends, right? And so again, you're consistently inconsistent. Oh my gosh, look how smart she is. She could do all of this stuff. So it must be that she's doing it on purpose. She's not trying hard enough. She doesn't want to do it. It's a moral failing. It's a character flaw. And it's not. It's neurobiology. It's our brains. And then the third thing, so those are the kids. So if we're talking kids, those are the kids that, like my son, that get A's and D's in the same subject in the same week. You know, it's just, there's right, no right. consistency. So the teachers see that he is so smart. He's just not applying himself and it's intentional. And they don't know why, right? The kids don't know why. The parents don't know why. And so they start, the teachers are berating them. The parents are berating them. The coaches are berating them. There's like no positive emotion anywhere, right? It's just negative emotion, negative emotion, negative emotion. And our brains, we thrive with positive emotion and we positively fall apart with negative emotion. And then the final thing is, do typical productivity tips and tools not work for you? You know, like the eat the frog, do the first biggest thing. You do that first thing in the morning. Yeah, like hell. I will never be able to do that. And I've tried for years, but I can't because the dopamine's lower. And so I have to do the little things one at a time that ratchets up my dopamine. And then I can finally start to write at two o'clock. I mean, this book. I was trying so hard to just get it out of the way first thing in the morning, but it was too hard for me. Writing is really difficult. So I had to ratchet up, spike my own dopamine in order to be able to go ahead and do that big thing. It's like time blocking. And some people, again, I'm going to say these things. Some people will think, oh, I can relate to the ADHD, but I can do those things. Every ADHD brain is different. And so you right. need to figure out your own system, what works for you and what your ADHD looks like for you. So time blocking, you know, is that thing where you plan your schedule out a week in advance and you block when you're going to do what? Yeah, never. Yeah, that doesn't always work. Yeah, no, I agree. But for some people, it does because they need a system so badly. I tend to think those are the people that have ADHD and maybe a little bit of autism, right? So they, they're really good with the systems and the structure. And so that's what gives them comfort. Again, it looks different. There's all kinds of comorbidities like autism and anxiety and depression. And you can have some of those things and they can be comorbid or it can be the ADHD that, for example, is causing the anxiety and the depression. I want to talk, though, about the you talk about that unique experience for everyone. And that makes perfect sense. And I think some of this is also about like my experience of being in your world is you light me up and turn me on to things that I think, oh, okay, but I don't necessarily, I might be on the lower end of the spectrum where I don't feel like, I like, I appreciate being aware of things and saying, oh, that sounds like me and here's the workaround for that. Or yes. rather than, I'm not so sure I even need to go get diagnosed because I feel like I fall into so many traits, but do I really need to be diagnosed and... I don't know, you know, like it's an interesting piece yeah. as we, you know, an interesting conversation to have. And this is the thing that bothers me most about the whole ADHD arena. Do you know there was a study that came out of Canada last year and it was February or March. And what the study showed, it was a large study. It showed that 43% of people with ADHD are in excellent mental health, not good mental health, not okay mental health. Excellent mental health. And I suspect that was you and that was me until perimenopause. Mm. And then 
everything started to fall apart for me. So all of those things that, because again, estrogen modulates dopamine, right? So if your estrogen starts bouncing around and I went everywhere, I went to the regular doctor, the gynecologist, hormone specialist, a naturopath. They tested me for Parkinson's. I mean, I really thought I have dementia. There's something wrong. And then my son, so I was going through this for a good two years. My son was diagnosed with ADHD. It still took me eight months. And we went to a psychologist who was- That's what I wanted to ask. Like, what kind of doctor are you going to to get a diagnosis? You don't even have to go to a doctor. It depends on what state you're in. A psychologist can diagnose it. A psychiatrist can diagnose it. Therapists can diagnose it in some areas. Social workers can diagnose it in some areas. Typically, though, it will be a psychologist or, for example, I've been diagnosed three times now because I was still like, are you sure? Is it really ADHD? But my son was diagnosed and my husband and I went to, she was a psychologist who specialized in ADHD. And my son was so ambitious. And again, when we started on this journey, I thought it meant that you're not very smart and you're all over the place. No, and he's creative and he dives into this project. And right. He was so, there was no way. And when he was focused, nobody was more focused. So it made no sense to me. So we had Actually, the the teachers to his preschool, I highly respected them. They recommended this psychologist. We went there. I didn't like her from the get-go, honestly. She was just like, you know what it was? No sense of humor. It was just this (laughs) self-importance. Dry toes. So we met her three times, once as a family, once with my son alone. And then the third time, it was just my husband and me. And so we sat down with her and she said, your job as his parents is to reduce his expectations so he won't be disappointed in life. And I was just like, you've got to be kidding. So I started to do all the research, right? And I spent, because I'm like, no, we're not doing that. I don't care if he was intellectually disabled. I would never tell a child that ever. You, you know, you shoot the bar, you make the bar high and okay, let's say they don't make the bar, but they're going to be like this. Instead of you put the bar here, they're going to be here, right? So. I started to do all this research and eight months later, and I had read this, it was uh, Ned Hallowell and John Rady's book, Driven to Distraction, that they wrote, I don't know, 20 some odd years ago. And I read it the second time was when I think I finally saw drivenness as a form of hyperactivity. And I'm like, oh my gosh, he got it from me. But it actually makes perfect sense, right? It's like channeling into... Rather than just bouncing your leg, you know, it's like you're channeling it. And this is what I'll say. I don't even know why they have all the, because there's three types of ADHD. There's hyperactive ADHD, which I've never, I don't even know anyone that's purely hyperactive. There is inattentive ADHD, which, you know, double the amount of women are inattentive, but men can be as well. So you're in your head. You're kind of like the absent-minded professor. You're so brilliant in your one area, but everything else is kind of a mess around you, losing your keys, not being able to be in your body. So you can't retrace your steps, but most people are combined type. And I really believe that we're all combined type. It's just how much inattention versus how much hyperactivity, because every time I interview a woman with ADHD who tells me I'm purely inattentive, I'm watching her and she's moving, you know, (laughs) she's constantly, she's moving something, you know, she may not be, it's. The cognitive tempo seems to be much slower versus, you know, combined type, like we talk loud, we talk a lot, we talk fast, we think fast. Yes. yes. 
My yeah. whole family's like, please stop yelling at us. I'm like, I'm not yelling. <laughs> you people just come on. Stop saying that. You paint such a terrible picture of me. I it's know. terrible. I know. I'm like, <laughs> I love you. <laughs> so going back to should you be diagnosed, should you not be diagnosed? Again, if you feel like you're in excellent mental health and you know you're on the spectrum and you have traits of ADHD and you know it, okay, whatever. But for people who are struggling, I think it's really important, especially if they're part of a family and friends, like they're around people that don't support them. And and that leaks out and gets back yeah. into them in negative ways or if the feedback comes back. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You know, you yeah. know, and if you want to try medication, I mean, right. you know, for some yeah. people, medication is life-changing. Unfortunately for me, it doesn't work. It just ratchets up anxiety. But oh my gosh, if I told you how many places I went, how many medications I tried, how many supplements, like thousands of dollars of supplements. And I was the one who ended up diagnosing myself and realizing that, oh crap, this is ADHD. And then of course I wanted to know more and more about it. And I started the Facebook group and then I started the podcast. And at this point I've met thousands of women with ADHD. They are all brilliant, bar none at something. And so all of this pathology, I'm not having any of it. Well, that's what I love about your community and your whole brand that you've created. I mean, number one, the book is available for pre-sale. It comes out on the 26th. This is going to be days after this podcast releases. So go get the book because being a part of Tracy's community, you also, you'll see yourself in some places and be able to decide, do you need to take that next step? Like, That's how I feel being in your community. I see myself and I say, oh, okay, I do that. Maybe I'm over here and it hasn't progressed to over there, right? Type of thing. But what I really love is that your whole approach always has been a strength-based approach. Like you are always saying, this is your superpower, right? You are creative. You have these skills that you can apply in certain ways. So it's very uplifting and positive in that. And that transfers over to your whole belief about why women with ADHD make great entrepreneurs. So let's talk about that piece. Like, how can ADHD contribute to entrepreneurial success, really? And what traits are people applying and using and listeners might see for themselves? Before I go there, I want to say one thing if I may. Yes, of course. Okay. I don't say that ADHD is a superpower because look, if I could have all of my best traits and have none of the things that I struggle with, like working memory, are you kidding me? I would take that in a hurt. (laughs) Okay. The second thing is what I do want to say is that there are women and men who really, really struggle with ADHD. And we need to see the importance of it. So if you have a child with ADHD, and especially if she's a girl, do not just brush this off because unfortunately, another Canadian study showed that 24% of women with ADHD have attempted suicide. So it can be really, really just disastrous, right? The whole deal is you need to be around people that love and appreciate you exactly the way you are. If you are around people who are constantly pulling you down, constantly tearing you down, and then you're doing the same thing to yourself, you can see how this could lead to really, really poor mental health. 
And what I will also say is that, so the symptoms of trauma are almost identical to the symptoms of ADHD, if you think about it. Hyperactivity, impulsivity, you're in your head all the time, you're beating yourself up. That's amazing. A lack of focus, right? So what happens if you have trauma, and it doesn't have to be what we think of as big T trauma that, you know, it was violence, right? Or a parent died when you were very young. It doesn't have to be those big T trauma events. It can be the little T trauma, those cuts of growing up with ADHD, never feeling like you fit in, never being able to do things what, you know, what you've been told the right way. And you just feel like you're such an outsider and no one loves and appreciates you for who you are. Right. So you get the trauma symptoms, which are exactly the same. And then on top of that, you get the ADHD symptoms and you could see how Oh my gosh. Then you have no focus whatsoever. You can't get out of your own way. You can't even get out of bed. And why that would lead to anxiety and depression. 100%. And that's also that level that you're talking about that you've referenced, like, you know, the, the degree to which it's affecting you because some of that is more noticeable than others, right? Because of that degree. And, you know, it's so interesting too, because as a parent, when you are talking about this, I'm thinking, you know, it gives me so many thoughts of, well, sometimes I have to teach my children the right way to do something. Like they don't know about the world yet. So we clean our room. Okay. We clean our room because this is how humans live. We can't live in a pigsty. Right. And so I'm like, how, you know, it's, I'm thinking as a parent, like, well, how much of that is she can't help herself with how she keeps her room now. You know, like, it's so interesting. Okay. So in that, in what you're talking about here, so the key to the ADHD brain is positive emotion. You make it fun. You make it challenging. You get in there with her. I don't know if it's music. And you constantly celebrate the little things that yes. she's done. And then she's going to want to do more. Versus if you're a parent and you're haranguing and nagging and literally making a mountain out of a molehill. I mean, if you've got a kid and everything else they do, they're just a wonderful human being and they're, they're bright and they care. Who gives a crap if their room's a mess? Just shut the door. Totally. But I've been there, you know, where there's like a food yes. in there. And that's it. Like, what is normal teen, preteen behavior? What is, you know, it's all these things. But it's so interesting. And I do really appreciate that approach piece, that positive piece, because no matter what, that's going to make the situation more tenable yeah. and better. Yeah. Okay. So entrepreneurs, yeah. so we can start with positive emotion. First of all, it's got to be about interest. I think a lot of people, it's this idea that, okay, I want to start a business. And we know the ADHD brain, we're so creative. Ideation is our, probably one of our number one strengths. And that's according to scientists. So we have all of these ideas and that's what makes us appear kind of squirrel-like, right? We're all over the place. Yeah, totally. bright and shiny. We're just... And it's so hard. I mean, this was the hardest thing for me, being an online entrepreneur. Every new app that came up, I felt like I had to go there and I had to figure it out. And should I integrate it? And, you know, it was all this procrastinate learning, which really kept me from doing the hard stuff. The stuff that you need to be doing to grow your business. Yes. Yes. And usually, to me, it was all about visibility. You know, the big joke was I spent a whole year learning how to be on camera and I still had never gone on camera, but I knew how to do the backdrops. I knew the camera settings, kind of. I knew the tech. 
I knew all of that, but I couldn't do it. And then I took a program with Sandra Santorino and she made me go live for 13 days straight. And literally by day, actually after day one, but certainly by day two, I was like, this is kind of fun. So I had made a mountain out of a molehill for a year. Mm -hmm. And for a year, I hadn't moved forward because I was so afraid of that visibility. But you know what happened when I went live? Dopamine popped. Mm -hmm. And so what I learned is, oh, so if I'm feeling kind of meh, you know, like I need to do something. I don't know what I need to do. I mean, I know what I need to do, but I don't want to do it. I would go do the hard thing, which is I would go do a live. And it would pop my dopamine and then I could do the other stuff that I needed to do. So I started to use action, which is the key instead. So you're not in your brain thinking, 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 right. you know, and we think that when we're thinking, we're actually doing something about moving our life or our business forward. And we're not. Oh gosh, I always say to my clients, you can't think your business. You no, cannot think your business. You just got to get out there and do it, right? right and because everyone you- like wants the plan, the big plan. And it's like, you've got yeah. to take that step forward. And then the right. path becomes clear. Or and at least the next step becomes clear. positive emotion when you do it because you're proud of yourself. And so if you stop, people with ADHD were not good celebrators. And that is why every time I have someone on my podcast and I go through their bio, they're like, wow, I did all that because we're not used to hearing how much we did. Right, right. right. So because we don't celebrate, I call us next people where, you know, something's done and you're like, okay, next, because we're looking for dopamine, right? It is so important for us to stop and to pause and really celebrate even the little things because that then starts to teach you that, oh, I actually do a lot. Yeah, I'm good at this. And in all parts of your life, not just your entrepreneurial work. I mean, I think that's a key as well, because we forget we have so many outlets right? as well. Oh, so what I didn't say about interests, I started going there and I digress, is we have all these interests. So we end up in these businesses that, yeah, it was an interest, maybe a passion for a short period, but it really didn't connect to our purpose. That is an interesting point. Yes. Yeah. The which one is right for me? And no one can tell you your your path. No. You know. No. That's the and that's word. the problem. We listen to everybody else. They right. know their path. They don't know our path. So it really is an inside job. Yes. And so when you start, so we're really mission driven people. Like I am. Um, a couple of years ago, I posted in my big Facebook group. Do you feel like you care more about making a difference than your peers? And 98% of the women that responded, they all have ADHD, they said yes. And I suspect that the other 2% are really in trauma. They're deeply ingrained in trauma because that has been a common thing that I hear over and over again. So the best interest, the, the thing, you know, you have all these ideas, the best idea is the one that you can connect to your purpose. And your purpose is just one of your passions with a side of service attached to it. Like, who are you going to help? And Mm -hmm. it can be a person, it can be the environment, it can be dogs, you know, it can be anything. And, you know, that's so great because people are always searching. That's the big question. And they do try a number of different things. And even, you know, you can apply that piece even to the shiny objects that get our attention, right? What is going to move your needle on your purpose? You know, is this going to? No, then don't spend the time there type of thing. And I suspect, Sandra, 
that the thing that always moves the needle is the thing you are most uncomfortable doing. So if you can flip that switch for yourself where, okay, if I do that thing, that scary thing, I'm firing my own dopamine and that means I'm going to feel really good after and you start getting addicted to that feeling. And I suspect that many of us really driven entrepreneurs, hyperactive, driven, it's because we have learned that when we're in action, we feel so much better. When we're just sitting here in our heads, we don't feel good. Yeah. And it's common for um, spouses to comment on that. Why do you always <laughs> have to be X, Y, Z? <laughs> I think my husband knows better. No, I mean, mine still will be like, and I'll be like, I don't want to sit and watch TV. Yeah. <laughs> no. Or if I'm sitting and watching TV, I'm doing other things at the same time. I mean, time, right. Got the laptop and then, on. And we're so annoying. And then it's like, wait, wait, what happened? So I who was that? Rewind that. Rewind that. Rewind that. Right. And it's then like, it becomes the whole thing. You rewind it. Far, all of that. So, yeah. well, you know, let's talk also, there are some particular traits that we can just mention. One of the, the biggest is time management. And it's something we all face, but I know it is a you know, something that is in effect or affects people with ADHD more. And that's really like, what do you have to say in terms of managing that in your journey? Because we've all got to get everything done. Yeah. So time blindness, right? If you think about the ADHD brain, and as I said, that we struggle with executive functions, planning, scheduling, time management, all of those things are linked. And so <laughs> time is linear. It's certain. It's numbers. It is exactly what our ADHD brains struggle with, right? We like to be in an unconstrained, like free flow of time where we can do things when we feel like it, when we want to do them. Yes. And so it makes sense that time is such a struggle. However, if you think about it, again, when we are in an area of interest, what happens to us? We you pop into hyperfocus, right? right? <laughs> and five hours can feel like 15 minutes. Literally, you look up and it's dark and everybody's gone home and you're just like, what? Yes, absolutely. So, okay. Yeah, yeah more so the idea of time management, you've got to, you've got to work within your own resources for that, I think is the key here where you're doing what you like, setting up. I mean, you've mentioned setting up your days at different times to be able to check some smaller things off the list to be able to do the larger things later. You know, I think part of this and why that diagnosis might be good sometimes is that it's the awareness, right? So now you know exactly. what you need to be aware of to be able to yes. set your day up. Yes, that is a good reason to be diagnosed, but you don't even need to be diagnosed, right? You know what you struggle with. And if time is one of the things you struggle with, okay, go to, you know, Attitude Magazine, my website and figure out what my podcast, what can you do to make it better? So I always talk about this. This is my favorite thing in the whole world. So the ADHD brain struggles to start. We struggle with transitions is what we struggle with. So to start. And then once we start, we struggle to stop. This is the best thing ever. And I have no idea why my pea brain has not figured out that I use the same strategy every time and it always works. And so for those it, listening, she's holding up a cube oh, that has it's like a timer, it's a Datex cube. There's a new name for it now, but the company that made it is called Datex and it has times all around it, but it's a timer. 
but it's not the kind of timer. It's not like your phone where you actually have to set something and you have to pull some app up. And this is fantastic because it sits on my desk. And when I am struggling to start, what I will do is I see this Datex cube with 25 minutes on it. And all I do is I flip it over and right away it's a timer and it starts to count down. There is no friction. And you know what? When I'm in my head and I don't want to start and I don't want to start, this is what I do and it never fails. I will start. And the deal I strike with myself is all you have to do is 25 minutes. After 25 minutes, you can stop. Do you know I've never stopped? Usually 17 hours later, I'm looking up and I have right, because never- Because it is getting that motivation to go. It's getting out of my head and getting into action. This is probably the number one thing out of all of like the ADHD strategies that seems to really work. The other thing is I use a lot of tech in terms of, I have an Apple watch, but mm -hmm. obviously you could use a smartwatch. I connect it to my Google calendar. I connect it to my Alexa because I, again, we don't like to be bored, right? So I can be sitting waiting for uh, five minutes early. I'm waiting for a, a meeting on Zoom. I hate Zoom. Waiting for a meeting on Zoom. And all of a sudden I see something that I'm interested in, something that I need to do. And I'll start working and I will literally forget about that meeting. So I have- You're sitting right outside the door. <laughs> I, it's insane. So I have my Apple Watch, my Alexa, and my computer. They tell me 10 minutes before a meeting, five minutes more before a meeting, and then zero minutes before a meeting. And that zero is really important because who knows what I'm doing while I'm sitting here waiting. And I forgot. Yeah, time to get on. Time to get on. All right. Let me ask you one more thing. How does social media fit into all of this? Because I feel like that is the biggest like distraction. I mean, me personally, I'm like, all right, I need it for my business. I need to not look at it though. That it's like the love hate. We all use it to connect, but it's also the biggest time suck of all. I wish that I could give you good advice on this. You, I will tell this one you, is a personal request, Tracy. <laughs> I know. Except for see, the difference between you and me is I hate social media. I don't want to be on it. I could care less about no, it. No, I don't want to be on it, but, but I'm I have looking. To be there. I'm looking. I'm doing the that scrolling to be like, because it. I've convinced myself that it. I find these gems every once in a while. And so it might be one gem every 20 minutes, but it takes me 20 minutes to be like, oh, that's an interesting thing. And that's to dopamine. To springboard off of. And it just keeps, you know, and I'm like, but I need to put that down and focus on what I'm doing. So, you know, we have to be on social media. I'm not the biggest social media person in terms of posting, but the influx that bringing that information in, so... See, I, so I feel like I don't need to be on social media other than when you're launching a book, right? <laughs> Versus for you, if you really feel like you're getting value out of it, then well, this is what I would do. I would do this. I would be like 25 minutes. And when this buzzer is off. Yes. So that's my reward. That's what I do for things. Yes. I'll, yes. I'll, I'll time myself. You have five minutes to scroll. And then I put exactly. it down. And this one has five minutes too. Yeah. You know, the other so side. You could so. do, see, that doesn't work for me. The Pomodoro method where 25 minutes on, five minute break. I struggle to start. You want me to break after 25 minutes and then I got to go back in? No. Once I start, <laughs> I'm gone. Versus if the Pomodoro method, which is actually for neurotypical brains, I think, if that works for you, you could do 25 minutes of work and then five minutes, you know, of the social media. I'm terrible. I, you know, honestly, I'm at the point where people are just doing my social media because I just don't enjoy it. 
And it's, yeah, and I, I mean, I'm on a whole thing of how do we, I've built my business without social media. So it is just me kind of taking in other people's things that I need to stop doing. That's the habit that is distracting me from doing the things that I need to be doing on my own. So, well, and so then my question for you would be, so social media does not make me feel good. It makes me feel like, oh, what's this person doing? What's that person doing? I don't want to know what that person is doing, right? Again, I'm always the outsider and you are too. So I question, do you really need to be there to know what's going on? Because I have a feeling you'd figure it out anyway. Yeah. And it's not even like I'm looking at like business stuff. I just do really love the pop culture ideas or the things that come mm. through that lead me down a rabbit hole, like an article I click on that takes me to something else that, oh, you know what I mean? And I'm like, it. yeah. And then I'm like, oh, or I discovered this person who I now want to invite Alan as a guest on my podcast, right? Like, I'm like, oh, I would have never found this on my own because I'm not in front of that other media, right? So it's interesting. Okay. So I, so I have an idea. Why don't you tell yourself no social media throughout the day and you do it when you're watching TV with your husband? <laughs> what, babe? What? <laughs> yeah, 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 babe. <laughs> I know. It's a, it's a, but well, listen, the book is coming out and it is. everyone listening. I mean, I've already pre-ordered my audio book because that's how I get through everything is through audio, walking the dog. I will be done with this in a week once it's out. ADHD for smart ass women. And I really want to encourage everyone who's listening to go out and purchase the book, read it, dive in, like dive into the concepts of where you might see yourself and also the ideas around that. Like, I know you do a lot of kind of myth busting in that way as well of it doesn't have to mean that. It can just be something else, right? It doesn't have to have a, a label on it. It doesn't have to have a all of that weight that gets carried with right. something. It can be light and fun and work for you, right? And yes, exactly. I mean, this is so much more about turning pages in a book. It's about changing chapters in women's lives because there are women that are living in shame and they don't know why. And if they just knew that they have this brilliant brain, and then they figured out how to use it, their world. I mean, literally, I've seen it over and over and over again. They get the idea. They understand, oh, this is what's going on with me. And their life is completely different, even two, three months later. So, yeah. Yeah. So short time and a small time investment for big ideas and life-changing yeah. impact. Um, and... I know I have been following Tracy and her work for years. So I really am excited to dig in and see Thank it you. all brought together in this piece. So I know I can recommend it wholeheartedly without even having read it yet. So Tracy, I want to yes, they can go to ADHDforsmartwomen.com forward slash book. Please. Yes. And what we're going to have links there. to everything There's in the show notes. There's bonuses there. Yeah. And we'll have links to Tracy and her Facebook group, all of that, because there's so many ways, the podcast as well, so many ways that you can connect and be part of the community that's going on, the Smart Absolutely. Ass community. <laughs> Thank you. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. 
Thanks for joining me today. You can access more information, links mentioned in this episode and the show notes at thelonggamepodcast.net. If today's show connected with you in some way, please share it with your friends or hop on and leave a review. Both of these make a really big difference. All right, until next time, keep playing the long game.